Welcome to the Jock Reynolds Podcast. We're here to cover off all the Round 7 action and look ahead to a big Round 8. I'm Lech Dog and I'm joined by the one and only Patch. Patch, welcome back to the podcast. I've bloody missed you. Oh, I've missed you too, Lech Dog. You wonderful human being. You excellent person. Um, and yeah, it, it is good to speak to you properly again. Oh, um, how, how, how are you? How, what is crackalackin', as the cool kids say these days? Well, I'm a happy man. I promised we wouldn't talk about oh, the incident. Oh, I can see why you've brought me on this week now. <laughs> That's why I've been off for a month and you've been saving me and, oh, like dog. Uh, but it's good to go to the footy, good to go and uh, see the Blues get a win. You went to the footy for the first time in a long time last week. I did. Week, I went to Anzac Day. It was very exciting, very good. Weird seeing that many people in the same spot uh, for the first time in, what, 15 months or something. But, oh boy, was it nice. So we're both very happy, aren't we? We're both very, very happy. We are. There were still some good signs for the Bombers kids, so I'm not too mad on that front. Boring. Uh, <laughs> Go Matt Owies, the next greatest small forward of all time. All right, we're going to talk Super Coach. I brought you on your back because we're both uh, we're both crashed to our ordinary Super Coach ways, and we're going to talk the community through how to tackle. What is a going to be an interesting round, I think, for the Super Coach community yes. as a whole? Yeah, this could very well be the the week that pivots you kind of up or down. There's not a lot we can do to like there are bits and pieces we can do, but some of it will come down to luck. But to those of you despairing after scoring, you know, nineteen hundreds like I did this week, or you know, even eighteen hundreds out there, I know there were plenty of people that were hit really hard by donuts, by bad rookie scores, by captaining Max Gorn, who had a very unmax Gorn like performance on the weekend. It's okay, you can bounce back from here, even if your rank is plummeting and it's down you know, twenty thousand, forty thousand, you can still build that up to what I'd consider very respectable rank by season's end. Oh you yeah. Just need, you just need to stick in there. It's it's not round seven from last year. It's round seven in 2021. We've still got, what, 16 rounds to go or something? Mm. Like, there's plenty of football left to be played. And there are plenty of trades to... Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, dear. I, wanted, I was going to talk about this a bit later, but you mentioned Max Gorn. The rumour is, the word around the street is, that the Melbourne team went down to Tassie. They all went and did a Conrad Marshall. Shout out to Conrad. And sat on the beach eating oysters. They all got sick. And this is the excuse they're going with. They all got sick from eating oysters, and that's why Max Gorn was a spud on the weekend. Couldn't do anything. No one, Melbourne didn't start playing until three-quarter time, just about, or start of the third quarter. Apparently, it's oyster-related. So they ate oysters, and I can tell you that I ate donuts. Oh, boy. <laughs> Travis Boak being out is, you know, it's the sad thing. I had cover in defense. I did not have cover in the midfield. That's where we're at in 2021, baby. Oh, boy. And you know what? I had cover down back. I swung Rory Laird into the middle, covered that Travis Boak donut, and bam, Luke Ryan was out. And I ate a donut anyway. And 
It's good to be back. It's Let's good talk to be back. injuries because uh, there's a couple of headlines. I'm scam- skimming this all off Twitter, going into Honeyball as well to check out their injury list, the AFL injury list. There's a lot of great services out there. Dustin Martin is reportedly coming back this week. He just has to pass his concussion test. Had a nice little jaunt over to New Zealand to see his dad. Um, didn't contract COVID. And he's coming back. So that's good news. That's good, good news, news for owners. Borders haven't closed on him. It's good stuff. Even if he does miss again, he's not a trader option. He's a hold. Um, I'm worried slightly about that foot issue they've been mentioning, but they reckon he's fit and he's playing if he passes a concussion. And honestly, Dustin Martin on one foot would be better than every other forward on option on offer. Well, pretty close. Um, <laughs> pretty close. Because I did the maths this week. I have two of the top 85 forwards selected in my forward line in Supercoach. And if that's not the level of you know merit you need to get into my forward line, then that just speaks volume about the quality of player. I'm, I'm actually selected. surprised you said the word merit, by the way, after his... Uh pleading with the umpire instead of playing defense on Paddy Cripps on the weekend. A very interesting tactic from Zach Merritt. I didn't I, want to bring it up, but you did. I I, I didn't, but I yeah, I, I don't know what he was doing, to be honest with you. I'm not quite sure. Perhaps he was trying to lay a shepherd and he was confused. I don't know what was happening. Um, he is still scoring okay. So I don't give a shit if he's complaining to the umpire as long as he's pumping out 105 pluses i wish I'm patrick Cripps was scoring but we won't well, go not. there will we we won't well, go there we can go there we can bring because oh, i think it's i'm not reported i think we can mention it in the injury i mean in the injury ward because i'm telling you and i've been saying this for two years now but i've been saying it a lot this year the man still can't lift up his arm <laughs> He kicked that goal, running in, bursting past Zach Merritt, kicks the goal, goes to celebrate, throws one hand up above his head. The other hand was like glued to his side. He can't move his arm. He is not healthy. And I would trade him if I had any spare trades, but I don't. And I think you just got to hold him and he's going to average 80 and it's going to hurt you each and every week. But there's not a lot you can do. Not a lot. Next year, we can talk ourselves into selecting him again. Yes, we can. Let's keep moving with the injuries. Travis Boat missed last week with a, uh, I can't remember what it was. Was it a calf injury? Bit of an old Uh, man injury. Quad? Quad, that's right. Quad and calf, very similar. All part of the leg leg, bone. The leg, and the leg bone is connected to the hip bone. Um, They've they've said uh, they're not 100% sure, but they're pretty sure he's going to play this weekend. So he is a hold. Paddy Dowell, if you still had him, why? He's finally named on the ball. He was named in the game. He started pretty strong, and then he got injured. He copped one to the eye. Not a concussion, so a chance to play, but couldn't see through his eye. He's now priced at $192,200 with a break-even of 58 patch. If you still had him, you probably shouldn't anymore. Uh, correct, but if you still have him, I wager you'd have much bigger problems with your team because otherwise, why would you still be holding him? That is a good point. Heath Chapman, another rookie that copped an injury, went off with a shoulder injury very early in the game and came back on and played through. He's now priced at 250500 We thought he was going to be our ticket to upgrade Ville. His break-even now sits at 85, and he's barely scored 100 points over the last three weeks. In fact, he might not have even scored 100 points over the last three weeks. Um, yeah, it's not good. It's not great. And he'll be very good for us in the future. I think he served his... Uh 
served his, yeah, finished his service for the year. I'm not sure we're likely to see any other, any decent cash generation considering his, his last three games, 54, 36, 28, now losing cash, lost 18.7K on the weekend. That's not going to roll out of his average for some time. Time to move him on. Um, and we do have a rookie we can trade him to, which we'll talk about later. Um, so I think it, it kind of lines up very nicely um, for Heath Chapman. Yeah, he does look like he's probably going to be a trade option, but they do think he's going to play this week. Luke Ryan missed mm. kind of a surprise. $540,100 now with a break even of 101. Missed with a calf, and he's a test to play. They're not 100% sure if he's going to play this weekend. No, they're not. Um, I think he hold. He's, it's not a long-term injury. It's They need him because every Fremantle defender seems to be going down injured. Um, so... I, I hope he's back. I wager he's back. If he's not, I'm eating another donut um, and might have been saved if the AFL hadn't released the teams at 12.30 on a Sunday morning or whatever stupid time it was they released them um, for well, the Sunday games. But um, yes. That was a schmozzle. The teams had been announced by the clubs, but the website hadn't been updated. So no one knew what was going on. And there was like 20 minutes till the game started. It was was insane on Saturday and it's a joke. And guess what? The AFL, we're recording this on Monday, put out a poll today and they said, there's a bit of debate around this. When do you want team's name? And it's like 99.9% responses are are the Thursday. And then like a couple of memes have checked 24 hours before the games. And I said this last week and I said it the week before and I said it week before that. I know the clubs want flexibility. They don't want to name players and then pull them out. But you've been doing it for 150 years. And the, t- the teams know who they're picking on Tuesday. They know. They know. And guess what? If they don't know by Tuesday, they know by Thursday. They know who they're picking. It's and, so annoying. And we know the players that are under injury clouds because they've normally mentioned them. And they're normally pretty good at that. So, like, yeah, we, we know to expect the occasional laid out. Just give us... Yeah, just give us the... Anyway, they've had 12,000 votes for Thursday night and then maybe 1,000 for 24 hours out, which was a 5.5%. I know it seems like a trivial thing, but there's what, like, between Fantasy and Dream Team and Supercoach... Footy tipping. Yeah, 500,000 players. And then footy tipping, like, half the population... I mean, I don't know that as a fact, but let's say half the population are bloody doing their tips. What are you talking about around the water cooler on a Friday morning? If yeah. like, oh, oh, did you see Buddy was named? No, you don't say that. It's like, oh, do you reckon Buddy will play? I don't know. It's 48 hours away. He could, I, yeah. anyway, anyway. Let's push on. Let's push on, people. I know people like listening to us rant, but let's push on. A few injuries that aren't super coach relevant. I just wanted to chuck them out there for draft leagues. Adam Tomlinson, 290K now. He's out for the year, probably with a knee. Tom Barras missed on the weekend, 419. He doesn't look likely to play again this week. Tom Rockcliffe just got announced. He's going to miss heaps of time with a knee. He has been averaging about 700 disposable disposals in the Sandful uh, named emergency a couple of times. Hasn't been able to get in that team. And I've, I've put Lockie Jones's name here at $139,000. Um, the rookie, break even minus 47. I've put him here because he played those two games. He had the, the ankle injury played on against the Blues. I've got him here purely because I went early on him drunken mistake we make those we move we've on all, we've all been there but this week or last week 
they said he's had surgery and he's out for like a, he's gonna his return estimated return is like round twelve or something. What? Like, when did this happen? What? Oh, so if, God. if you've got him sitting on your bench, I'm gonna pull up the quote on Honeyball. I'm pulling up Lockie Jones. Not had good successful at all. surgery. This is from the 27th of the of the fourth. So last week had successful surgery during a week during the week after a syndesmosis injury. Estimated return around ten to eleven. And that's return to footy. So, like, another two weeks, three weeks till he... He's not coming back. He's not coming back into our Supercoach teams. And, I mean, even worse than not coming back into our Supercoach teams, we're not seeing that mullet on primetime TV for months. I know. Months. It's it's as big a disaster as Matt Rowell not being on the park. Oh, it's tragic. Can you imagine Matt Rowell and Lockie Jones lining up on each other? Can you imagine Matt Rowell with a mullet? Oh. Oh, Oh, let dog. Save it for later. All right, let's uh, kick this Supercoach train on Pacharu. Tex Walker, this is, this is the note I've got in the run sheet. Tex Walker, spud again? Um, potentially. Uh, I mean, we all knew it was going to happen. We knew that he'd started the year on fire and it would be a, a ride to the top and you'd have to just time your jump and time your leap. He scored 42 on the weekend and uh, last week looked like it was the stop. That was the the top of the roller coaster, um, and with Port Adelaide, West Coast, Melbourne, and Richmond to come, I'd be jumping off that thing ASAP. It's been fun while it lasted. Text, you're a magnificent specimen of a human, and I'm sorry for all the bad things I've said about you in the past, but it's it the ride's over. Yeah, so he's not now priced at four hundred sixty-four thousand dollars. He break even of one thirty-two, lost twenty-eight grand on the weekend, but overall has gained you one hundred sixty-five grand if you jumped on at the start. If you, if you, because I was talking about him last week, and I was talking about him. Do we approach him as a premium? It seemed like he was a premium with uh, what's that? Five scores of one hundred and three plus, and uh, and an eighty-five in there. The forty-two against GWS. Are we worried that Adelaide are going to start dropping off a bit? His delivery is going to drop off a bit, and and that he's just he was actually a cash gen tool and not a point scoring tool. Correct. And then I think the fact that you look at the teams he's played: um, Geelong, he got the jump on Sydney, young defence; Gold Coast, young defence; North, no defence; Fremantle, injured defence; Hawthorne, debacle. Giants are the first team with a proper like cohesive backline to actually combat him and they know that they're looking for him inside 50 and they're linking through him through the the top half of the ground as a proper traditional center half forward port adelaide west coast and melbourne are going to just shut him down they know that a lot of the ball goes through him yeah richmond after that they're just going to shut him down shut down the delivery to him they'll double team him they'll lead up the space in front of him you've got to jump off i can see him averaging 50 over these next four games and all that cash that you've made, all that hard work you've put in, that gamble you've taken will just come crashing down. And like you and I have been in this position before where we've had Tex Walker and unable to get rid of him. It's literally the worst. It's the worst. And I'd advise you to get yourself out of a position where you like that. I think he's back to, to his traditional spud scoring tendencies. And it's an easy thing to say, Patch. It's a hard thing to do, probably. Uh, lack of trades, injuries across the park, rookies not generating cash. If you've got Tex Walker, you're probably banking on him being a long-term hold. He's still the third-ranked forward, which is super great, and he'll probably be the third-ranked forward for another two or three weeks. He could uh, he, he could average 50 and still be the, the third or fourth-ranked forwards, but you're going to lose all that cash. I 
Who do you trade him to? I, I don't know the answer. I don't know who you trade him to. Shy Bolton, who we might talk about soon. There are a few yeah. others we might we might discuss. We'll cover uh, off on some potential some potential sideways trades. I'd be getting upgrades. rid of him. Yeah, I, I I think I think I'm in the same boat. I just know it's going to be really hard for people to do that. And the the tr- the form trend is showing that this 42 is the outlier this year. But when I look at him across his career, it's pretty apparent to me the 42 is not the outlier. Oh, no. It's the oh, first no. seven rounds were the outlier. We'll see. And and you know we actually talked about this patch. I don't know if it was on air or off air or whatever, but. Teams are adapting to the new marking rules and making it much harder for teams to score that way, particularly poor teams. Scores are dropping. I just think we're going to see a trend. I think avoiding key forwards, this might just suddenly appear again as the number one tactic when picking forwards. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm struggling to, to pick the good forwards, which is why I've only got two of the top 85 ranked forwards, but... I, yeah, it's very hard to tell. I don't think Tex is in that top eight by season's end, at least not from here on out. So yeah. I think cut and run. But can you afford to do that? Which, you know, we're going to move into talking about the old trades. Should we be burning through those trades? Because I don't have many left and it's round seven. I, do yeah. you have many left? Uh, let me tell you how I, many I know people that have, have used, uh, after they've used trades this week, are down to like 17 or 16 which is not a lot yeah. of trades considering that's basically how many rounds we've got left. Well, so I I have 22 trades left. I've used eight trades. But by not making many trades the last three rounds, I've dropped 10,000 spots in the ranks. So I'm trying to be conservative and hoping that people will burn through those trades later on and I can capitalize then. The flip side of that is people who are trading aggressively now, particularly those in the top 10 to 15,000, are all creating, uh, or the top 10,000 are all creating a, a bit of a gap on me personally. So that's why this is here. Should we be burning trades, trading aggressively, trying to get rookies off the field when we've seen, you know, 37 injuries this year? We've seen no bench cover from rookies. Rookies are, uh, unless you nailed all your trades, are few and far between. I'm playing a conservative game and not really enjoying it. <laughs> So I mean, I'm playing the aggressive game, and also it sucks so much. It's the worst. Um, this year's just been bad on the injury front, um, and my philosophy has been just keep on just hacking and slashing through it, and the sooner you get those primos, the more likely they are to play because they're not going to get dropped. They're not on the fringes of sides. You know, your Travis Bokes will miss a week or two there, but it's it'll be through injuries. That, that's been my philosophy. Once I get to about 14 trades, 12 trades, I'll take the foot off the gas and make sure that, you know, I've, I've got cover and then reassess and say, right, am I going to get to full primo? You know, it's been hairy trades wise. If I'm not going to get to full primo by that stage, if the maths doesn't work out, then I'll then I'll pull back and I'll start looking for those, those Joe Danaher's, those really cheap sort of F fives and sixes and deal with it that way but from here on out it, it's all about value in terms of making the most of those trades and targeting the the cheaper primos as opposed to 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 going up to getting your grundies if you started with a flynn or jumping up to get you know your, your jack mccrae's at 660k i think yeah i, I don't know if we're going to get a full team of, of everyone in the top eight or top 10, but I 
I am going hard to try and make sure that I've got as many premium players in that top top bracket as possible. Yeah, Damo, it was either on the Mailbag podcast or on the uh, on this podcast last week, was saying this year it feels like you're using three trades to turn a rookie into a premium, whereas in previous years it's taken two trades. Uh, and as a result, we should probably be targeting some, some more value players, guys like Brayshaw, who turned it on. Uh, I wish I listened instead of trading in Adam Trelaw, but <laughs> I, don't, I can't even tell you the thought process there. He's just, I thought it was a good idea. It wasn't. Um, I think Damo's right. I think you're right. I think I think we need to continue to, be, or coaches who have been aggressive need to continue being aggressive. I haven't been aggressive and I'm kind of suffering for that. And if you're being aggressive, target those cheaper guys because Getting the Uber Primos, if you don't have a Jack McRae, it sucks and it's going to be really, really hard to get him. But maybe elevating the scoring profile of your team by getting McNeil and Jordan off the field or whoever, Scott and Jordan off the field for Brayshaw and, and uh, Shy Bolton is better than going one rookie and one McRae in. And yeah, I think we just got to look for value. And, and it doesn't have to just be fringe like... Oh, this guy might break out. There's plenty of fallen premiums who are, who are going to be available on the horizon or or even this week. And and I think the other side of that is you've got to nail your rookies. Like you can't just go for oh this this kid's on the bubble this week. Let's trade in a Finn McRae. Just hypothetically off the top of my head, first rookie I can think of, not knowing their job security is rock solid. Yeah, um, no, and so, agreed. And it you know because we've had so many that just aren't playing and. Rookies we thought were rock solid. You know, your Braden Campbells, your Tyler Brockmans, um, Tom Highmore, to- Tom Hyde, right, tangent time. <laughs> has, who's, like, has he got incriminating photos of someone? Has he run over a cat? What, is, what has happened to Tom Highmore? Is he alive? Has anyone seen him for the last four weeks? Dara Joyce syndrome. They had, he, they, he showed he can play at the level and then they said, that's enough. That's that, enough. Back to back to the VFL with you. That'll do. Uh, Dara Joyce played on the weekend as well, and he didn't. Well, we, I don't know. Hard to say. They smashed him, but I didn't feel like he played super well. I mean, I'd I'd like to Google Dara Joyce to see how well he played. I don't know how to spell his name because it's just a lot of R's and G's. <laughs> Dara, Daga. He scored forty. Um, but like, I what is what has Tom Heimel done? Like, I'm convinced there's been a really bad mishap down at St Kilda and they're trying to fix him and put him back together. And until they do, they're just going to be like, Oh no, there's nothing to see here. We're just, we're just, there's just been a spill in the back room. And the spill is just Tom Highmore in like bits and pieces as they try and put him back together. I just don't understand it at all. I don't do not understand it, but Um, what was the point point I was making? Something about trading and rookies who we know are going to play or we think are going to play. So, Last week, we had plenty of options on the bubble. I went with Bo McCreary, even though I thought he probably had a lower points output compared to some of the other uh, rookies on the bubble. But I think feel like he's a reasonably safe selection. And I think they're. I, th- I think that's the right selection. And that's yeah, they're, they're the players we've got to look at. Go, you know, just say this guy will take a bit longer to to get up to the value we want, but he will get there as opposed to bring in a Brockman or a, you know, or, or a Campbell who, I mean, we thought Campbell would be pretty safe as well, but 
you know, there are some players where you can look at them and think, yeah, I'm not convinced about you. And considering the carnage we've had, we've got to be sure of them to bring them in. And if that means holding off trades for a week, then do it because otherwise, oh, it's not good. Well, let's, let's keep talking about this because we're, we're talking rookies now. So while we're on the topic, who do we cull Everyone. if we're doing trades this week? Who do we cull? All of them. Errol Goulden has been as not great lately. He's been performing like a rookie normally does. Breakeven is all the way up to 86. He lost cash on the weekend. He lost 12 grand. He's $297,800. But he's playing. And it seems like... He's probably going to keep playing. Yeah, Do we I, cull him for someone who, you know, might play more? Maybe. But will make us cash? Or do we need these guys on the bench or at our, you know, M8 spot scoring? I, I, I cannot make a decision on this. It's really tough, especially when it's someone like Goulden who... Like we'll now start losing cash because you know those early scores, those early really good games, have have dropped off, and he's dropped off in his performance. He's a kid; he'd be getting tired. I think he'll get a rest at some stage. They'll give him a spell, um, simply to to get the body right. I, yeah, it depends on what trading Goulden out compared to trading a say a Campbell out or Row or Row out can get you. If it's the difference between getting. A, a Bailey Dale to getting a, a Dane Zorko, then you do it. Um, but if it's, you know, if you can keep them, I think keeping them is probably the play and then trading out the players that aren't playing just to, to increase the number of players, especially as we approach the buys, is incredibly important. I'm glad you mentioned the buys because one thing I don't think people have been super cognizant of is when trading in value picks or primos or whatever is what buy they have. And I was looking at my team and if I don't start trading around the round 14 buy, I'm going to be in some trouble. Brody Gundy, Max Warner out. Hopefully I don't have the Sydney Swans players in my team still. Jordan, Oliver, Laird, Fremantle, Collingwood. Like all these teams, Adelaide aren't going to be playing in round 14. And I'm not really traded around it. And it's, it's probably an issue. It's in the 10 commandments. Be cognizant of the buyers. That was one of the rules. We've got to start looking at this patch. Yep. Yep. And then even the round 13 buy, you've got Essendon in terms of Ridley Merritt. Um, you've got Bulldogs. Richmond, Jaden Short, Paddy Cripps, if you've got him, Sam Walsh. Um, the Bulldogs are out. So if you've got McRae, Bont, Daniel, we don't have Dunkley anymore. So we're safe on that front. Trelaw. Um, Brisbane. Brisbane. Like there are, there are, like that one is going to be a tricky one as well. Just be aware of it and, it, yeah, yeah. make sure you, you are thinking about it because it will bite you and it bites people every single year. Yeah, we got to just be trying to target probably, I mean, look at your teams, but it's targeting round 12, round 13 players. Um, it, it is a concern. It is a concern. Yes. Um, but there's, there's not a lot we can do. Oh, well, at least, sorry, there is a lot we can do. There's a lot we should be, can be doing, but in terms of what we're talking about, that's it's very individual to your team. You'll need to, to have a look there. But sorry, we were talking about downgrade targets, who we can cull um, for some of those rookies. Um, don't take into account the rookies for their buys because you, you need that cash. You just need the good rookies. Um, so 
yeah, but just the primos on that. I think that's that's pretty. Yeah, fair to I say. think I think yeah, rookies. I don't really the, the, with the exception of a guy like maybe a James Jordan or a, or a, even an Errol Goulden, but not current day Errol Goulden, past Errol Goulden. Yeah, were guys round, that round I looked one and at. two Errol Goulden. I want to just one more culling player. I want to mention uh, before we move on to who we're going to downgrade these guys to. Matty Flynn. Oh, here we go. And you've not... You and him aren't the best of friends, Patch. I I mean, look, we tried. It's been a rocky relationship. Um, As as people listening to, not last week, the week before, the the mailbag pod would know I sent in a question that was basically incoherent screaming. That was the question. Um, Because Matt Flynn had been dropped. I traded him to Tom Hickey. Tom Hickey had been injured. And then for the next Friday night game, Matt Flynn was back and I didn't have any cash. I had $300 in the bank and I traded Hickey to Flynn. And then the week after Flynn was dropped and Tom Hickey was back and. Oh, it, (sighs) it might be the worst sequence of traders in super coach history. And you know and what? Thing- you know what? If I'd seen it, at like hours earlier, I probably would have gone Flynn to Hickey again. I probably would have done it. And you know, this, some super coach god somewhere was watching over me because I did bring in Brody Grundy. I did VC him. It's okay. But if like, all right. So what, what's been said about Matt Flynn is that he's not the first choice ruckman for the Giants. Shane Mumford. At 36 years old, weighing 110 kilos in brilliant like form, mind you, but he's old as balls. He's falling apart, held together with bits of tape. He's their number one ruckman for a side that's kind of developing, not a top four contender. I I don't know what the play is, but he's their, he's their number one ruckman. They're going to play him as many weeks in a row until he falls apart, and then Flynn will come in. They're not going to play together in the same side which means that Flynn's just in no man's land. He's uh, he's certainly an issue if you're running him still at R2. I think there's no no issues with cashing him in this week or next week. He'd be one of the... It's weird. Because he's, he's so not weird. playing, he's not losing money, but we know he's going to come in at some point and drop at least a 70, probably yeah. an 80, and make you know, another 30, 40 grand in one hit. So his, his break even still four. Like there's still a lot of cash to be made from Matt Flynn. It's just, it's going to be dragged out and spread out because he's only going to play one in every two, one in every three weeks. And it makes me want to just say very mean things about Leon Cameron, which I'm not going to do because I promised I wouldn't do it on this podcast. But, we're here for you. We're here for you as a community. I think he's fine to upgrade or cash in, or sorry, downgrade or cash in when the opportunity arises. Yeah. And he's also perfectly crumbulent to have on your bench, knowing at some point he's going to give you a little bit of a cash injection. Yes. I, you'd love to think that during the buys, he might be there for us. He might come in and play, knowing our luck. It'll be the week Shane Mumford's playing. Um, but you know, I, I don't think you're in any, in any rush to get rid of him. He's a nice little money pot there. We can just kind of keep him there and yell at our smell visions every time the teams are named 
and he's not in them. But I think that uh, comprehensively puts the nail in the coffin. Never start a rookie at R2 ever again. And if I ever suggest doing it, please lock me in a padded room in a straitjacket and tell me not to come out until I've had a very good hard think about what I've done. There are some positives, though. There's other rookies on the horizon. The number one man on everybody's lips is Martin Frederick from the Port Adelaide Football Club, $123,900 in defence. He has posted, uh, what did he post? A score of 74 on the weekend and a score of 88 in his debut game last week. Breakeven is negative 88, and he's projected to jump up $74,400 this week. That would push him already to about 200 grand. They're projecting a score of 80 against Adelaide, which seems like it's doable. He's your number one trading target this week. I, so what we've just said about job security, Port Adelaide are a top four side. Rookies in top four sides tend to have a tougher run at it. He's looked really good. He'd be very, very stiff to get dropped. Lockie Jones not being there might help his case, but I just, I, I'm concerned by that. Like I can see him very easily being on the outer in that side. They just need, I, it concerns me. I, don't feel confident about this. Well, who, who have they got? They've got uh, I, Riley Bonner's available. Travis Boak's coming back into that side, hopefully, this week. Zach Butters is a few weeks away still. Dersma, end of the year. Rockcliffe, we know, is out for an extended period of time. Um, there are a couple of players floating around almost ready to come back into this team. Ryan Burton as well. Um I, I agree. It's a concern. The fact that they were playing Lockie Jones when they had a relatively healthy side and then replaced him effectively with Martin makes... Uh, I feel like they've got confidence in him. Yeah, and I you're like right. he, he hasn't let them down, but it only takes one bad game and in a really good side, like... In, in a really good side, it's easy for him to, to be dropped and easy to fall by the wayside. I, he's still the best option this week. And in the back, in a back line crying out for literally anybody playing, considering that all of the other rookies are either not playing or they're scoring 26. But I, I don't love it. No, I, I think, uh, I think if you looking for cash, he's a good option. If you've got a stacked defense, if you went, if you've got like six primos in defense, maybe you can avoid picking him up. There are other rookies on the horizon over the next week or two. Um, let, let's talk about some of the other options we've got. We've got Nick Murray from Adelaide, defender, mature ager, 102-400. Breakeven is negative 39. He played on the weekend. He's not going to be a huge points scorer, but he is bargain basement. He is. He's bargain basement. They're, the Crows are missing a few down back. They kind of need that season body. The fact that he played one game and then missed five weeks and then is back again, not a great sign for his job security. Um, I I don't know where he sits in that side in terms of his job security. I, again, don't love it. Yeah. Talia's still out for a, a fair while. I feel like he's replacing yeah, six, Talia. Six or seven weeks. So he... Him and Geordie Butts are holding down the fort. And just quick shout out to Jordan Butts for being the best defensive rookie of the year, just yeah, quietly. He's, he's been he's been secretly pretty good. And and 
Guys like Supercoach George uh, has been fielding him on, in the games where he scores 80 and 90. And that's why those guys are at the, the top of the rankings. So mm. he's I've, been, I've been really good. in the weeks he's been scoring 30 and 40. And then he's been on the bench for the weeks he's scoring 80 and 90. So that's... Uh, uh, let's good. push through. Let's push good. through the pain. There's a couple other rookies. We don't have to spend much time on them. These are just guys in the bubble. I haven't included guys... Like Luke Parks, who's 133k, he's looks like he's going to be a regular feature in the Blues team. He looked damn good. He was on about 56 at half time against the Bombers, and then finished on 57. So uh, he's 130k. Have a look at him if you want. We're looking at Bubble Boys. Liam Stocker, 186k, 186.500 for the Blues in defence. Break even at 26. Hasn't been producing high scores. He's playing in a position that he's not suited to play. But if he keeps doing a reasonable job, he's going to stay in that Blues side. They're going to invest in him probably a little too highly priced for my liking, Patch. Yep, agreed. Agreed. The fact that he's got a break break even 26 already doesn't bode all that well. He also plays for Carlton, and I don't like players that play for Carlton. Fair enough. Dara Joyce just wanted to shout him Ah. out again. He's on the bubble, 177,300, break him to 31. And maybe the fact that he's on the bubble, as he was last year or or the year before, whenever it was before he was uh, ousted from that team, maybe him being on the bubble will force them to make a change, remove him so he doesn't make any cash. And maybe it's Highmore who has to come in and replace him. Fingers crossed. Uh, Good friend of the podcast, uh, the beloved Tim Mitchell has traded... Highmore out this week, which means hopefully he's back. So those two things combining, I'm praying, brings Highmore back. But don't select Daha. Mark Keane from Collingwood, 158k, break even, negative 13. Not a huge super coach scorer, but maybe a guy with some job security. Yeah, they love him down at the Pies. Um, they gave him a run last year, looked a little bit out of his depth, came back this year, looked a lot better, a lot, lot better. Was good in the preseason as well. Um, will not score a huge amount. Will score a lot of 30s and 40s. I think he's the the rookie with the best job security of the bunch this week. Yeah, maybe Riley Tilthorpe ahead of him, but I don't think he's in serious consideration for us. No, I don't think Tilthorpe is in massive consideration. 202k, break even of minus 25, scored 100 and something in, in his first game when he kicked five goals. Won't do that every week. Got the showdown this week. Probably won't score a huge amount, um, but I think he'll. I think he'll play reasonably consistently. But I don't know if it'll be enough to uh, to justify selecting him. Yeah, I agree. I just don't think you couldn't get near it on the weekend, unfortunately. All right, let's talk upgrades. We've talked all about downgrades. We've talked about trading. Let's talk as if we're going to be bloody trading this week, Patch. Let's, let's start in defense. Stephen May, Stephen 608, May. break even five. Tim Mitchell, you mentioned him. He traded him out because they said he's out for four or five weeks. He came back one week later, scored a hundred and uh, scored ninety four, and then on the weekend scored a hundred and forty five. Yeah, he's a beast. Oh yes, uh, yes. Broke is downgrading in the back line this week. Woke is upgrading in the back line this week because you're upgrading to Stephen May, 408k. You need stuff all cash. Come on down. Like the, yeah, he, the, This is the dictionary definition of what we were talking about earlier and we want to get in these guys who are cheap. Stephen May is very, very good at super coach. Very, very good at football for that matter. Number one priority for me this week is just getting him in. 
the only contradiction here is that he's a Melbourne player. I I don't hate selecting Melbourne players. They play fantasy friendly football. Oliver, yeah, but Petrarca, I mean Gorn. more for the buy. I mean more for the buy. Oh, for the buy. For the buy. Um, look, yes. Yes, it kind of sucks. Um, I think the circumstances are too good to ignore. Yeah, and look, he's this year. He, he, this is how he plays. I, I obviously, I've got him in. We've talked about it before in one of my keeper leagues. He holds the team together. I watch him. He will pump out one forties. He will pump out one tens, and then he'll drop an eighty or a seventy-five, which doesn't feel great. But I think over the length of the season, assuming he's healthy, he's going to be around the top ten total points players in defense, maybe top twelve. At 400k, that's an investment I'm probably going to make. And it's one I want to make more than a guy similarly priced in Caleb Daniel. Caleb Daniel's, you know, he's shown us that he's an uber primo before. Stephen May ended last year, essentially, as an uber primo. And he has shown this year that he is still maintaining that form. Whereas Caleb Daniel, 412,400, break even of 51. He hasn't done that. He, He had a very, very good game. On, on Friday, but that to me trended against what he'd been doing in the previous rounds. I don't know what is true. I would rather take the gamble on the more exposed form in Stephen May. Yep, and we saw last year May yeah doesn't tend to drop those those really really bad scores. Daniel's done it a bit this year. I'm I don't want to get like we've both had Daniel already this year, so that kind of plays into it. I don't want to get bitten again. And you, you don't like trading in a player that you've just traded out, unless they're Matt Flynn. Actually, no, even if they're Matt Flynn, but like you don't you don't like bringing a player back in. I I think May is the safer bet. I think he's the better bet. Um, the only concern with May is that now Tomlinson has gone down with that ACL. Does he have to play more of a lockdown role? I suspect they'll bring in Tom Petty, or they bring in another key defender so May can play that role that he. he He's used to taking kickouts and, and being a bit looser and not taking the, the number one forward or not. You know, I, I don't actually know if he takes the number one forward or not, but not being strictly reliant on, on being a lockdown player. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. That's that's one thing that changes. That's a, that's a variable in this selection. I think that's a gamble I'm still going to take. You look at his scores from last year. From like round four onwards, he had two or three games below 90 and the rest were all higher than that. Like... Uh, um, if we can back that in, that's tasty. Whereas Caleb Daniel, because obviously I have him, I've watched all their games. I didn't love what he was producing in the first round. One was all right, but the first, the three rounds after that, where I just didn't like his role. It looked like against Richmond, he was playing closer to what he did. You know, the previous Daniel we've known. I don't know what's true. Bevo yeah. salad. I don't know if I can trust him. Bevo Salad, Bailey Dale has kind of slid into that role and why he's kind of climbed up that forward line ranking for me. We might talk about Bailey Dale a bit later um, in that forward line mix, but it's it's a bit of a quagmire down there. Bevo Salad, I don't really want it. I'm more interested in the next player we've got highlighted on this list. Basha Hooley, $468,700, break-even of 61, 143 on the weekend against the Bulldogs. Uh, since he came back, he's played four games for an average of 99.8, two uh, scores of 80 or less, but two scores of 101 or more. Very cheap. Very cheap for what he can offer. Um, got a bunch of games at the MCG. 
this for, you know from here on out because it's Richmond, of course they do. Um, I he's a good pick. You know what you're going to get with him. I'd rather we go May this week simply because he's he's that 70k cheaper and that 70k is going to be very useful. But you know you know what you're going to get with Hooley. He's going to be consistent. He's going to be good. He's still cheap. Um, if you are desperate for that that different buy option, then I think he's no. Uh, yeah. If you if you desperate for that different buy option, I think he'd be the player I'd look at this week. My issue with him is we're talking about wasting trades on injuries and stuff, and this is a man who seems to ping calves and hammies like are going out of fashion. So I, I'm happy to avoid him uh, myself. Although I, I do appreciate that there is value there, and uh, yeah, I'd rather cop cop a donut in the buy than risk having Basher and having to use another trade to get him out. To be honest, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'll pay that. Um, Callum Mills, we talked about him last week. Five twenty eight, eight hundred break even of seventy eight. Just wanted to flag him because he turned up again on the weekend. One hundred and one points. Um, just just a guy that's cheaper than he was at the start of the year. Break even of 78, this is probably the, the cheapest he gets, or technically last week was the cheapest he gets, but this is <laughs> this is the cheapest he gets um, for quite a while. Yeah, I don't hate it as a selection. If it fits him with your buys, go for it. Um, yeah, he's, he's a good pick. And then finally, your man, Alir Alir at 473,700, break even of 53. Mm, intercept marks, just have them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and old oh boy, do the lads at Champion Data love a good intercept mark. Um, he's always had that scoring capacity. Um, you know, didn't often see it in the ruck at Sydney because he's not a ruckman. Um, but, you know, the last four weeks, 103, 104, 123, 106, just proving to be really, really reliable, really, really consistent, and... I really like that. I think he's, I, am I going to pick him? Probably not. If you are just down in the dumps and want a Hail Mary, I think he'd be a good selection. Um, I don't know. Maybe he turns around and, and reverts to, you know, seventies and nineties, but I just feel like he's, he's hit his straps in that port side. They've found that role for him and he's a good footballer. Yeah. They, they basically have given him a role that's built for, for Supercoach scoring. Um, I think, sorry to whoever it was on the website that suggested him about four weeks ago before he went and went bang against Richmond and got his first ton for the year. I was wrong. You were right. He was a good buy. He's had four back-to-back tons. So I think uh, he's a very interesting pick with a really, really nice role. And I think... um. Port have plenty of tall defenders that can come into that side and, and play the lockdown roles. I, I think he's reasonably safe. I don't think they're going to ask too much of him. They kind of set up so that he can be that intercept marker and deliver from off the boot. So I think he's a solid option. Good one, Patch. Let's talk midfielders. Gee whiz, we are running out of time. But I like these extended podcasts. I think they've been going very nicely. Tim Taranto at $490,900. He is mm. he a primo. He's $37,000 more cheaper, uh, more expensive than he was at the start of the year. He's averaging 101 points per game. Over the last three, he's averaging 109, culminating in a 139 against Adelaide Patch. We're talking about bargains. Is this guy the real deal? Tim Taranto 
I believe, is the real deal. Leon Cameron, however, is not. And I don't want a bar of Giants players ever again while Leon Cameron's coaching. So I guess I'll ask you now about Josh Kelly, who's $107,000 cheaper. I look objectively, it's got just all the right signs written all over it. Like he's 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 low in price. He's had a role change. He's back on the wing, back in the midfield, back scoring points. Like he's an exceptional player. He's capable of averaging 120, 125 for the rest of the season. Leon Cameron is just going to ruin him and ruin me, and I can't do it. Anyone, you know, if you're out there and you're you're backing him in because he's one of the best midfielders in the competition, one of the best players in the competition, and surely Leon Cameron can't throw him forward. You're a you're a braver soul than I to take that punt. I I can't trust Leon Cameron. Agreed. Speaking of Kelly's, Tim Kelly had his best score, best game for the West Coast on the weekend. Scored 131, 42, 42 disposals, no marks. He's got the record in that category now. Uh, 452,000 break even of 62. Look, he's had not a great year. He's had two scores above 100, a 114 and a 131. Is he someone as a value pick we, we can consider sub at sub four sixty k or is he or is he someone we just got to look past? Nah, nah. Okay, are, are you going to say that's this? The, that's the extent of my analysis on Tim Kelly. Just since he's gone across from Geelong when West Coast paid, you know, their pound of flesh and thirty seven first round draft picks and a ship full of wool into the port of Geelong and whatever else they paid in gold and frankincense and myrrh, he's not done a lot in that midfield and I'm not going to touch him with a barge pole until he's proven that he can can be very, very good. What about his teammate Andrew Gaff at $516,000, break-even of 97, was really, really good on the weekend, has been close to like Ubo, Ubo, Ubo Premium. Ubo, 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 Premium status. In the past, is he someone that is on your gauge? Um, not on my gauge, but I think he's a he's a, a decent selection. I I think he'll be in that top fifteen bracket by the season's end. He's really good value. Normally, pretty consistent from memory. He doesn't miss too many games. Um, I don't think, except when he punches people in the face. Except when he punches people in the face, which I've been assured by his primary school principal that he won't do again. Um, no, doesn't miss many games unless he gets suspended. I think he's a good pick. I think he's solid. I've got this name here. I don't think we even need to talk about it, but Ben Cunnington had a 145 on the weekend. He is also sub 460K. He's a pretty good footballer. I think um, Kingy... He's a great footballer. Didn't Kingy say he was a top five midfielder in the game or, so, or top 10 player in the game the other day or something? Kingy says a lot of things. He, he says a lot of things, um, and, you know, every now and again, you'll hit the dartboard. That one's, you know, gone off the side and hit somebody in the eye. Not sure Ben Cunnington. You know, he'll have great games, good for that daily fantasy format, if that's your thing. No thank you in Supercoach. No, nope, nope. I'd be very happy watching highlights of him just just throw people off to the ground who are trying to tackle him and handballing 70 metres. Don't want him in my Supercoach side. Got two more midfielders. Yep. Tom Mitchell, 508K, break even of 108. He's averaging 102 this year. He's pretty damn cheap. 
oh yeah, for Tom Mitchell, for you know, 180 points in a game, Tom Mitchell, this is cheap. And this should be almost headline news, but he's been average. Like he, yeah, he hasn't... he's been average, and but hasn't been bad. Exactly. He's been... He's been what I wanted Paddy Cripps to be, and Cripps hasn't. But we're not going. We're not going back there. Um, He's the nineteenth ranked midfielder this year, twenty eighth ranked player overall. This is. I know I've said this about a few people, but this is about the cheapest he's going to be. One hundred and two grand cheaper than the start of the year. Round twelve by two, very friendly buy. Yeah, I think that tips it over. I think he's the best midfield option this week, just because we know he's been there before. We know he's still going to score, even if it's a bad side he's you know yes yeah he's he's very good he's not going to be that 125 averaging player he's not going to be that top five player from here on out but he he's certainly got the capacity to be a top 10 player he knows how to find the football he's good at football yes and finally and i'm just going to keep mentioning this guy until he spuds up because you know i was interested in him and i keep saying he's a decent option and people keep laughing at me He's averaging 113 points this year. Joel Selwood is 535 grand. His break even's 50. He's going to go up to bloody 600 grand. He's too expensive to pick. But give the man some credit. He's been a sub coach stalwart for years and he's doing it again. He, I still remember, you know, 2012, we were thinking, you know, this is the peak for Joel Selwood. We're not going to be like, it's incredible that he's been doing this for this long. He's a goddamn warrior. And come four rounds left to go in the season, that's the time for the Hail Mary on Joel Selwood. Not now. There's too long left. He's incredible, but I would be looking at his teammates in Mitch Duncan and Cam Guthrie to last the season. He'll probably get a rest at some stage. We really need to do a Supercoach Hall of Fame podcast. From 20, uh, 2009, he averaged 110.9 until... Uh, he didn't drop below 102.2 in uh, he hasn't but he hasn't averaged less than a hundred between 2009 and 2019 then he had two shit years and now he's back like the man is unbelievable he averaged 121 in 2014 I just don't think we give him enough super coach credit in the uh in the pantheon of super coaches, maybe we need to do some tier list videos. Maybe I, f- I feel like that is peak off season content. Um, Let's move on. We're fucking, this podcast is going for so long, but we've got a couple of forward line options to it's talk good about. To be back, the Super Coach Brains Trust, which I'm a part of for the Herald Sun, have talked themselves collectively into Jake Stringer this week for three hundred twenty five thousand dollars, one hundred one hundred dollars break even of eighteen. Oh boy! I, I, boy, oh boy, wowie! I don't, I don't know. He's cheaper than than Chad Warner, which might be a, a, something that's going for him. And he scored ninety two against the Blues, eighty four against Collingwood, shit game against Brisbane, twenty seven, eighty six, and one twenty four in his other two games. So he, he, he conservatively ignoring the Brisbane game because that's what I'm going to do. His floor's about eighty five. Look, there are worse selections. There are a lot of better selections. The forward line is a dartboard this year, but I think with Stringer, if you trade him in, you're going to have to trade him back out at some stage because either he'll hit a form slump, he'll get suspended, he'll get injured, the Bombers will drop him because he's been in a form slump. Like, there's just, there are so many ways this trade ends so badly 
and I don't want a bar of it. I also don't want the stress of having to watch Jake Stringer to see what his super coach score is. Like, be, just for your own mental health, I don't think it's a good idea. He's playing a look. He's he's playing a reasonably friendly super coach role. He, they look for him inside fifty. He kicks goals. He goes into the center bounces reasonably frequently as an impact player and does good things in there, picks up some tackles, picks up contested possessions, streaks out of the middle and kicks it long forward to Cal Hooker, who marks it and kicks a goal. Who Cal Hooker, third in the Coleman, didn't see that coming. Um, all, uh, the All-Australian defender. Could he be an All-Australian forward as well? Could like He'll have to beat Harry Mackay to I, the punch. I mean, he could beat Harry Mackay at both ends of the ground. But anyway, let's not let's not digress. Um I no, no, do not want Jake Stringer in my side. Do not want to have to comfort people that have traded Jake, Jake Stringer in and have to deal with the fallout of it. He's he's three hundred and twenty five K, but don't do it to yourself. We don't have enough trades. No. Dane Zorko, four eight seven, nine hundred dollars, break even of ninety seven. He had the quintessential Dane Zorko game on the weekend. He had nineteen touches, six tackles, five marks. And a goal for 92 super coach points. He actually didn't have any freeze against, which is the first time that's happened this year. So maybe that's not quintessential. Maybe I've maybe I've gone too hard there. That's uh that's the most atypical Dane Zorko game we've had in years, him not giving away a free kick. I mean, look, I I really like him as op- as an option. I think he's one of the safest forward options from here on out. Y- you've had him since basically the start of the season, what are your thoughts on whether or not people should trade in Zorko and the Magnificent? I think he's, uh, I think if you want 92s or an average of 95, trade him in. At 487k, my reason of starting with him was that I thought he was going to be in the top eight for total points come season end. If he's healthy, I would suspect that's going to happen. I mean, it's not a high bar to jump over. No, it is. But you know who can jump high? Shy Bolton. Yes. He's a forward midfielder swing. Uh, we talked about him last week, but 479, 400, break even to 66. He did it again. He did it again. 121. Four games in a row. 110, 110, 99, 121. He did it again. Yep. Uh, Averaging 110 over the last four games. 22 touches, three goals. Just really good footballer and been a very good draft pick. For several years, I think it looks like this is the year that, that he takes it to the real time. Helped very nicely by the fact that the rest of the forwards are absolutely rubbish. Um, I don't think he, he keeps up a spree of averaging you know, 105, 110. I think he averages 95. And as we've just said, that's enough. That's, that's enough. enough. He's a good buy. He's a He's very a good, good buy. buy. I think get... he has a good buy. Uh, good-ish. Um, you know, you're not going to get him this cheap for quite probably until after his buy. So if you're gonna, if you want to buy him at some stage, buy him now. Good selection. Very We've said buy, buy, buy a lot. Yes. Jesse Hogan kicked about Ooh. 700 goals, three hundred and ten thousand dollars. I prefer him to Jake Stringer. I, mm, I, mm, <laughs> Leon Cameron. Leon, yeah, Leon take Cameron. him off. Forget we mentioned him. Kaziah Pickett was the last guy we wanted to touch on because I, Coach, you love this man. I love him so much. He's so good to watch. So good to to just just the fact that he exists makes me so happy. Is he a, a like he's the eighth best super coach forward or something for the year? Will he stay that way? Probably not. Just 
I don't know. I I wanted to mention him because I really like Cosie Pickett, and I think you could do a lot worse in the forward line because he's going to play every game. He will tackle. He'll chase. They're throwing him in the middle and up on a wing here and there. Like he'll score points. He's averaging that eighty-five, and I think he does that for the rest of the year. If you want someone who can do like, there are worse players to pick at at four hundred and seventeen k. Oh, he's it's it's definitely a fun pick if you pick him. It's it's fun. You get to you get to enjoy. Yeah. The highs and lows of owning a uh, a small forward that plays around the ground. I, I love him. I sat behind him and Stephen May at the basketball uh, last week or the week before, whenever it was, and they gave them free jerseys to wear, and they looked at him and like, well, like, mm, that ain't happening, and didn't wear them. And I just thought that was sick. Yeah, <laughs> well done. Well that's done. respect. Um, the other one I want to mention who's not on the list, $444,000. Western Bulldogs, Bailey Dale, I spoke about him before, kind of in that Caleb Daniel role. Last three weeks, he's gone 129, 61, 112. Will not be incredibly consistent throughout the year, but, but kind of sliding into that that Caleb Daniel role. If you want to roll the dice on the Bevo salad, he's averaging 91.7. I think that's unders for what he does from here on out. I think he gets to that to that 95. Will be a top eight forward at that rate. Just Just one to mention if you're short on cash. Like if you just want to chuck another dog in your team for another buy round, I mean, <laughs> chuck him in. There is that. Um, you could do the Hail Mary League tactic of just saying, well, I'm just going to lose all my round 14 matches and I don't care. And you know what? That's fine. If that's if that's what you're here for, win those cash leagues. The other thing you can do with all of these players is is not trade them in. Make no moves and go, oh, in three weeks, I'm going to trade in Lockie Whitfield. Two weeks, I'm going to trade in Jordan Ridley, Rowan Marshall, and... Jack Gunston in six weeks when he's three hundred grand. Like the, you don't have to trade this week either, which I don't think we've made clear enough. You don't have to. No, and anyone's still here an hour and three minutes later. You don't have to trade. There are like we we're going to talk for a fair bit about these players that are on the horizon, and we probably don't have time now because everyone has gone to bed or, or we can just work uh, or whatever tease it is. that for a future podcast mm, whatever it is you people do instead of staying up all night looking at super coach stats um living normal human lives that god i wish i could live sometimes um, <laughs> but there are plenty of players on the horizon dustin martin as well will if you don't have him is very gettable very soon jake lloyd still getting cheaper yep um yeah jordan ridley especially as well in that back line whitfield there, there are there are some some veritable guns dropping as opposed to kind of the the in-between players that that we've suggested a little bit today in terms of your your kelly's your your mitchell's your yeah your, your hoolies etc 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 uh have we rambled enough? Have we got any other tangents we wanted to go on? No, I think the people have had enough of this nonsense patch, my friend. So thank you for joining. We've we've missed having you on. I've missed being on. It is good to be back. It is good to be talking with you. It is good to be just screaming muffled into a microphone about randomly generated numbers. Not randomly. They, are, they correlate to real life. It's my brain stopped baby. working. It's pretty, still random. Hey, we should shout out, get your questions in for the Mailbag podcast this week. I think it gets recorded on Wednesday. Get them in on Tuesday just to be safe. Or if you're listening, actually, if you're listening to this, it's going to be Tuesday. So get them in today. And 
the other thing I want to shout out is the Panic Room Live, mm. which happened on the Supercoach Facebook page. Um, they got uh, the, uh, the official Supercoach Facebook The official page. Supercoach page and shared on the Jock Reynolds Facebook page. It's going to be happening, it looks like, uh, for half an hour each night of whatever the lockout is for that round. It looks like Fridays for the next few weeks. We had Damo and Clarky on the debut episode with Tim Mitchell. Uh, we're going to look to rotate that around. So keep an eye out. If anyone knows anything about WordPress and you're still listening, find out a way for me to carry that stream across to WordPress because if Facebook does not like us stealing their content, uh, otherwise <laughs> head to the Facebook page like that and you'll get notified when we do go live, which um, it's awesome. It's super fun. Really looking forward to it. It's these unhinged rants, but in real time under proper pressure of you need to make decisions about your Supercoach team in the next half an hour or everything will explode. 10 out of 10. Oh, it's fantastic. And of course, the cheat sheet by Stady Matty is amazing. Around the Grounds by Baron Von Crow is the best piece of Supercoach literature in the land. People have started uh, doing their own versions of it. Well, that's how you know it's good. And of course, the regular panic room as well. So community, we've got plenty of stuff coming out. We love you, Patch. We I love, love you. you too. I love you too, Lake Dog. Love Telebeats for this intro and outro. We will catch you wonderful souls very shortly. Yeet!